Neighbor, what's the one thing we Barovians all share in common? I mean, besides a heart-stopping fear of the undead. That's right, a need for reliable transportation. Come on down to Framingham's used carts. Baron, farmer, necromancer, clerical transcriptionist. Everyone needs something to haul the crap around in. At Framingham's, we've got two-wheeled carts, four-wheeled carts, open-air convertible carts, and covered carts for those rainy days. We carry only the finest selection in pre-owned carts here at Framingham's. Why, just yesterday, I turned a major way who brought me a cart with the bottom rotted out. Get on your feet and down the street to Framingham's used carts. We're conveniently located on the main eastern road for Valakai as you leave Barovia Town. And remember, Papa says we have the best used carts in all Barovia. Now, you gonna argue with my granddaughter? Come on down to Framingham's today. Welcome to another episode of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D&D. We ended last week on an exciting note because Nick Cole, who's a good guy in real life, just totally murdered a guy. And, murder hobo! And, and in, in Ravenloft, uh, brutal murders, and I, as Dungeon Master, am going to label stabbing a drunken poor barfly through the throat and into the skull with your knife as a brutal murder. That has well, he wouldn't tell me what I wanted to know. And what's interesting is, uh, Party, you had a chance uh, earlier in the episode to stop Forbes West's character from murdering a silversmith, and you jumped right up and said, "No, no, don't do that." But here, with the obviously crazy pirate, you just stood by and watched. Okay, the location, location, location. Yeah, Yeah, the silversmith. Yeah, in my my defense, I have an 18 charisma, so. You know, Look, I was just going to say, pirate person, I thought you were bluffing. You didn't actually have to kill the man. There's something to that. I, I didn't actually think Nick was going to do it. <laughs> it got weird, didn't it? It did. It was extremely weird. weird. I thought it was just locker room talk. <laughs> <laughs> he trumped us. All right. So now, here's how it works in Ravenloft. So in Ravenloft, and Christopher Bohr, I want you to, to chime in here a bit because you are, I'd say, the foremost expert among us of Ravenloft. But each Ravenloft domain is ruled by a dark power overlord, the most famous being uh, Count Strahd, mm-hmm. the vampire. They are super powerful. If you were to go up against them in a fight, you would almost surely die. But they're watching over, almost like uh, almost like demigods, they're watching mm-hmm. over their domain. And when they notice acts of evil, they pay attention. And so when someone does an act of evil, some of them automatically just result in a failed powers check. Others, you roll dice. The more failed powers checks you get, uh, the closer you are to slipping into just being a creature of pure evil. And eventually, as a player character, you'll lose control of your own character. So as you, we you can, uh, go ahead, you can event- eventually become a, uh, a lord yourself. Right. If the land, the land will like evolve and create your own domain and become 
a lord, potentially. Right, exactly. So if we're just using Nick's case as a pirate, uh, it could reach a point where the mists will spirit him away from the rest of the group in the adventure, and he'll find himself on a ghost ship, basically just sailing around a domain made entirely of water, terrorizing anyone who happens to wander through the mists in their world and then find themselves in the waves in Nick's Ravenloft domain. So he'll have a crew of the damned. That's a fun adventure in and of itself, but as far as you it plays think out... You're tempting him. I know. Well, as far as it plays out <laughs> for Feast of Goblins, he just leaves the party. Yeah, my character sounds awesome already. <laughs> so, you know, people can still fight back. And in this case, Nick had murdered a hobo. The rest are... Or, well, yeah, I guess a drunken hobo that had enough coin to use in the bar. Everyone else is terrified. And the bartender had escaped, I'd say wisely at this point. Pursuing the Klingon promotion track. Some of the characters said that they didn't expect this to happen so i took a powers check for those of you who stood by and you all feel the same however jack random you get a sense that your hearing has increased substantially you feel like you can hear things that you could never hear before you can hear mice scurrying in the walls far away you can hear all your party members breathing when they talk it sounds like they're yelling, though they're not. Your hearing is actually 25% better. So whatever your chance to hear noise is, you need to add 25%. Something's happened the moment that knife went in, and you're not sure what. I think I've grown personally. <laughs> so I'll leave it to you, the characters. The rest of the barkeep, the, the rest of the people at the, board, the door are rushing towards Chris Porteau trying to get out now that they've seen this murder. And there, how many uh, how many people are rushing towards? There's him? four. There were five people plus the bartender. One is dead, and there's four heading to the door trying to. I'm escape. I'm going to, if I can, cast hypnotism on that group. One d six creatures within that area become susceptible susceptible to suggestion, and I'm going to suggest that they just calm down and take a seat. Okay, so roll one d six to see how many are affected. All Three. Right. So all but one just robotically move back and take seats right where they were and sitting will, before. The last I one will, is frantically... I will, step out of, I will step out of his way and let him leave. So he No, burst, stop him for a minute. Yeah, he stop did him. not see anything. He burst out he the door. He understand that. No, Aww. I'll let him go. We got, we got three people to question. I'm out, letting him he's go. He's out the door. Running down the street screaming, Murder! Murder! Yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> But Well, this is Ravenloft. That shouldn't be that unusual. <laughs> and he's clearly... It would be a shame if the ranger hunted it down and made sure he never talked again. He's clearly drunk. Ring, baby. He's clearly drunk. Right. So how, right. how well, how quickly people are going to be uh, to listen to his calls, uh, who knows? Who can say? Yeah, and, and look, that's a realistic uh, uh, reaction on my part. I just saw this colleague murder somebody that we didn't really think he was going to do. And now all these guys are running. Three of them all of a sudden stop, and I'll, I'm just letting the guy go. I'm just hey, gonna... by the way, can I just talk about like the irony that I'm not the one who's the first to murder someone? Yeah, you're the you're looking like the good guy right now. I'm, I'm looking like on top now. I what look a... like I'm strange. What a topsy turvy no world. Dogs sleeping with cats. <laughs> my God. We have no idea what's going on at the Crystal Club right now. Um, using my listen skill, which is now 40%. Can I hear what the bartender's doing? Uh, well, go ahead and roll. 
that's that's uh, you're standing in the middle of the floor and so for for those who are just joining us uh, from last time the bartender uh, left the bar went to his secret door and barred it behind him <laughs> right that's correct and uh, you don't hear anything in that door behind that door oh interesting well um to Christopher Boer's creepy, weird interrogation wizard. Um, isn't this your thing, getting information? I can, I can do that. Yeah, let's have, let's have a little fun with these guys and find out everything I want to know. Now, you can certainly do that. I, I want to but... just kind of stress to the party that you have one sober businessman who you can't account for. And you can't hear him behind that door anymore. You have one drunk patron running through the streets screaming about murder. And I just question the wisdom of sitting in this bar, bloody dagger in hand, murdered person slumped over in the chair, and torturing three drunks. What's wrong, What's wrong I just, with that? I just, so I just sort of feel like question? it might be wise to get away from the scene of the murder. What While you, you have these people hypnotized, give them a story that somebody else did it, and let's get out of here. That's Tell them the bartender perfect. did it. Two bars, two two birds with one stone. That's a bloody yeah, good idea. The bartender did it. <laughs> <laughs> they all nod. They all nod and agree. I saw it. I saw it. He, he stabbed the dagger right into his eyes. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's a little evil too, actually. We yeah, do he, not support small business. Well, <laughs> that, that, that resulted in a powers check too, but you failed it, or you passed it, so you're safe for now. Uh huh. Well, I'm going to wipe off my dagger, grab a bottle of finest from behind. Hey, drink up, everybody! I think I'll be <laughs> free. Hey, hey, uh, Jack, be sure and wipe your dagger on the bar rag. That's right. <laughs> Let's get and, out of here uh, before anyone else we'll, dies. Uh, okay, so we're going to leave the bar now and um, head, I think, where, where should we go, Party? The Ubermeister, what was his name, the singer? The Meister singer? Ubermeister Uber singer. Yeah, Meister, yeah, him. We're going to take an Uber to the Meister? Let's, let's go I, find the guy think, that runs I, the town. I think what we can do is we can approach that residence or, or wherever his place of business, and we can basically say, um, check the jail, we're pretty much... We're pretty good at dealing with your werewolf problem. Let's talk about that. Is and that by the way, we have really solid intel about a murderous bartender in the seedy side <laughs> of town. All right. Well, you can head over to the Meister Singer's mansion. Um, so other than the, the south hill of the town, the, this is the only significant rise in Harmonia. And it's uh, right beneath the Meister Singer's mansion. So it's up on a hill. The estate is well fortified by an octagonal wall, 12 feet high, and it rests atop a 15-foot mound of earth. The moat below the structure is clearly man-made and intended to give those within the walls an advantage over any who might attack the Meistersinger. Delicate carvings cover the upper quarter of the wall, paying tribute to the singers and musicians who have made Harmonia the jewel of Cartacus. Behind the wall, a lone tower of ornate stone can be seen as it peaks its top above the wall. The rest of the mansion is hidden from view by the stone wall. Although mysterious sounds are sometimes heard from within, the, from within, and the wind often carries the scent of exotic herbs into the streets of Harmonia, none can say for certain what goes inside, goes on inside the mansion. <laughs> is there is there a guard at the front gate? Uh, there is a guard at the front gate. Uh, he's inside I, the gate. I would like to approach him. Okay, you approach the gate. Are you Mr. Um, Sing your salutation. Sing your salutation. 
I would like to speak with the, the Meistersinger. Ain't you? Ah, I've just come from the jail. Well, I'm glad you got released. <laughs> no, I, I killed one of those werewolves you guys have a problem with. He just laughs. <laughs> and I think your Meistersinger wants to know about that, as you guys all have a werewolf problem there. Don't know what you're talking about. You don't? No, I don't. Who who should I talk to about this? I don't know. Why don't you go see a soothsayer? Ah, uh, nice. I thought talking about werewolves was bad luck for you. I don't know what you're talking about, but I do know that you shouldn't be here. We're talking about werewolves. No, you're talking about werewolves. I'm done talking to you. Good day. But you're listening to me. I'm talking about the, your werewolf problem. You have a werewolf problem. Werewolf, werewolf, werewolf. He's I hope ignoring. you don't have any bad dreams tonight. He's ignoring werewolves. you. Man, There's two guards, right? Dick. There's two guards there inside. Ah. Two guards that you see. They're inside the, uh, the wall. He says they've already got one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sun's starting to the sun's starting to go down by now. And well, party, we're faced with this. Do we break into this cat's residence and confront with confront him murderously with our desire to help him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or. Uh, or do we watch, or, or do we go collect Ford's body at the Crystal Club? Wow, that's a tough choice. And, and you're assuming that, that the guard is lying and the Meister Singer is just hiding in his mansion. <coughs> we yes. could just break in and make ourselves comfortable and not be murderous. I, could su- I can suggest he opens the door by the gate. Yeah, do that with your hokily pokily. Wave your, wave your hand first. I'm going to walk up and, uh, why don't you just let us in? We don't mean any harm. We're just checking up on the Meistersinger. Are you on and the list? And cast suggestion on okay. it. Okay, cast suggestion. Christopher Wabor is brilliant. So, so go ahead and roll. But, uh, 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 aside from murdering people, I run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, as usual, Nick, this is no roll. You just get a saving throw to the gate, in my effect. Uh, so, I rolled a one. So that's a fail. That's well, that's a success in the yeah, in, oh, in the man. low. Uh, so he says, "No, that's okay. not happening. You need to move on, or I'm going to call the men to shoot down from you." You're going to well, call the what? I'm going to call, call the who? Yeah, he's going to call the men to shoot down from you. It's illegal to loiter in front of the Meistersinger's mansion. Ring a ding ding, baby. Well, Crystal Club, it is then, and start walking. Okay. In that ah, yes, see, join me at the Crystal Club. You jerks. Everyone's heading towards the Crystal Club? Sure. Why not? Sure. Why not? Okay. All right. I have no idea what's happening in the Crystal Club. Uh, darkness is falling quickly, and uh, people have escaped inside their homes. So you're walking down dark streets. You're marveling at how quickly the sun goes down, how quickly night comes upon hey, you in the sun. Hey, Nick. Nick, listen up for growling. You you have the big ears. That's right. I've got good ears. What am I hearing? Like, what are the? I can hear people saying stuff. What are they saying? Well, are you actively listening? You're not Superman. Yeah. You're just really good at hearing. I'm actively listening. (laughs) I got a nod. Yeah, you can just hear people talking in their homes about the day when you stop to listen in at their windows. You just hear them talking about their day. There's there's nothing that stands out out of the ordinary. Hey, hey, Gertrude, there's somebody standing outside (laughs) us. 
That's what you hear. I don't have sex or anything. As you walk, as you walk during the night, you become aware of some motion in an alley next to a building. So you're at a building, and down at the far end of the alley, you can hear a soft conversation between a man and a woman. You cannot see either of them or make out what they're saying, but the woman's voice nearly charms you with its beauty. Soon the conversation ends as mysteriously as it began. From across the alley, a slender young woman steps from a gap between two buildings and begins cautiously walking down the alley. Again, you're, you're at long range from this. She wears a hooded cloak that she keeps pulled up to, her, to hide her face. She seems frightened, for she constantly looks behind her. There is no sign of the other individual. Suddenly, from out of the darkness, a harsh voice breaks the silence of the night. You have defied me for the last time, Acriel, it snaps. The tone is so ominous and the voice so cruel that the hair on the back of your necks stands up. Evil seems to drift like a mist into the alley and wash against you like the stagnant water of a forgotten swamp. Slowly, a man flanked by two pony-sized wolves steps into view. There is a gleam in his eye akin to hunger, and the wolves begin to leer at the beautiful young woman. As he steps between your vantage point and the girl, you see him raise a cruel-looking whip over his head. With each strike of the lash, she screams in pain and sobs for mercy. Throughout this ordeal, the dark man releases a stream of hissing words at Acriel. Although the majority of it is lost under her screams and protests, the words change and vampire are discernible. Can we interfere and save her? Yeah, I mean, can we, like, jump in the middle of your narrative and stop what's happening? Because <laughs> she's hot? You guys, can, you guys can yell from the opposite end of the alley, and you can run down there, whatever you want to do. Get your fat ass back here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, how far are we away? Uh, long, I would say the Amazon range. is a women's. Uh, the Amazon is a women's right activist. Should be all over this. Yeah, you're yeah. long range. Uh, you're long range, so it will take a couple turns to run there. Okay, well, I I, I start moving forward. Um, let's see. Do I want to run? Or do I want to try and hide in shadows? Oh, nah, let's just go. The, the I'm going to run forward, yelling at him. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the, the Amazon. All right. So as you run towards him, he notices you as you're still in range, and he slips back into the shadows. But she's still there. Jesus. Um, I'm, dr- I'm hiding in shadows. Okay, here's I'm my gonna... question. What do the wolves do? The, the, the two giant wolves uh, seem to have left with him. Okay, all right. I'm going to run to the woman and see if she is okay. All right, so after the excitement dies down, uh, there is a change in the atmosphere. With the departure of the dark and ominous stranger, an oppressive presence seems to have left the area. With a faint moan of exhaustion and pain, Acriel collapses to her knees and begins sobbing in a mire of obvious misery. She does not even seem to notice her surroundings. As you step toward her and your shadow falls across her body, she raises her hand as if to ward off more blows from the whip. As she does so, her hood falls back to reveal a strikingly beautiful young lady. Her hair is long and wavy, with the dark color of a raven, and her eyes are a soft and timid brown. Beneath her cloak, she is wearing a white blouse under a short, sleeveless, open jacket of gold brocade. Tears stream down her cheeks, but she seems to have suffered no lasting damage from the whip. Please, no more, she cries. I will marry you as you desire. I will be an obedient wife. Just don't... Beat me anymore. 
Well, that was easy. <laughs> I am going to stoop down and help her to her feet. She doesn't have any like open wounds. You don't see any open wounds. Um, there might be some bruising underneath, but it doesn't look like the whip actually cracked That's... through any any of her clothing. Okay, okay as, as Antandra bends down to help her up and, and is looking her over, I'm going to knock an arrow and just keep, you know, look, look in the alley, look towards the alley where the where the guy and the wolves went away. Basically, I'm standing guard over or over them. Okay, so, yeah, this this alley is, seems impenetrably dark. So, you're right at the edge, you can see her by some moonlight that's kind of falling down between buildings, but as you look down to where the man and his wolves disappeared, you don't see anything. It's just a dense, inky blackness. It's a dense, inky blackness. I say we get her to safety and ask questions later. Here's my here's my roll into that dense, inky blackness, which is a 17. Do I hear any wolf breathing or guy stuff or what? Um, good, good call, Nick. Go ahead and... So, did you roll? 17. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he scored. So, you can hear... Far at the end of the alley, breathing like a dog or a wolf. Kind of like a I steady... think there's a doggy down there. <laughs> too bad. Too bad we don't. Here, boy. Here, boy. Here, boy. Tree, tree. Here, boy. Okay, my um, dog just got to her feet. So as you go to, uh, <laughs> so as you go to lift up the girl, she begs off and says, "Please, please, just, just give me a moment. Please let me rest. Give me a moment." Was that your husband? He no, no, he's not. Though he wishes he were. He's a wandering. He's a wandering bard, and a woodsman of these parts, who's been seeking my hand in marriage. As you've seen, he has a violent temper and cannot cope with my rejection of him. For a second, and an animal lover. For a second, she seems to falter and looks as if she is about to begin crying again. Her thoughts, however, seem to turn in a more pleasant direction, and a bit of color returns to her face. With a dreamy, faraway look in her eyes, she speaks again in the hushed voice of someone sharing a deep secret. You see, I love another. My heart is pledged to the good and kind Dr. Dominiani. He lives in a neighboring land known as Gundarak, and works day and night to cure others of all their ills. I was just speaking to one of his servants before I was discovered and beaten. Oh, if only I had one of those mythical knights in shining armor to come to my rescue. Aye, but fairy tales would do me no good now. You're high. Nope. <laughs> is there a safe place nearby we can take you? There, there is. Uh, I, I, I feel if I'm with you, I'll, I'll be safe. Truly, there's no danger in this town. It's, it's not a town of thieves. It's not a town of murderers. It's, it's a town of good, honest people. But this uh, one... You haven't been to the bar lately, have you? <laughs> I'm afraid I wouldn't. I'm afraid I wouldn't know what goes on in such places. But we could go to the Crystal Club. It's, 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 it's well populated. Club. It's well oh, populated, no, well lit. I know that you're a whore. Um, a point of order, my lady, and, and masseuse, and Forsooth, and all those fine words that you seem to be a well-born, well-bred lady. Bad whore. Are you? Are you of a good family? I'm of a. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not rich, if that's what you suppose. But we do well enough. Well, your looks will make up for the coin. Um, 
one last point of order that I was I was going to, you know, as I was listening to your confrontation with your paramour there, and believe me, don't count out a good whipping in a, in a marriage. Uh, people like that sort of thing. It's kinky. But, uh, she's, uh, she's, she's drawing very close to the Amazon right now. Right. But it was all that nasty talk of vampirism. What was that about? Oh, that. Someone, someone, no doubt the woodsman himself, tried to start a rumor that my beloved Dr. Dominiani is himself a vampire. But it's only because they don't understand the medicine he uses to heal people of all their problems. People who are insane, mad, who have lost their hope to live. People who live like beasts are cured by Dr. Dominiani. And those foolish, foolish men like the woodsman would accuse him of wicked, wicked sins such as vampirism. It's not true. It's baseless. And yet you see how he treats me for a rumor he himself started. And one last, one last, one last thing. The werewolves, how do they factor into all this? The werewolves factor in, in, I, I don't know what you're asking me. This town has like a werewolf problem. You haven't noticed? This whole land can have a werewolf problem. It's known. Surely oh, you've okay. seen the way people are, are worried and, and how they speak uh, frighteningly of wolves. And vampires. Well, do you know of any town that is welcoming to vampires? Well, no, I'm just, I'm just getting the lay of the land. So the vampires and the wolves are bad, and this <laughs> town is good. And Dr. Demonici, whatever his name is. Demoniani. But your boyfriend, he's bad. My beloved. Your, your beloved is good. He's the most wonderful man that has ever lived. And the guy who just whipped you, he's bad. Yes. We're just trying to get so, the moral the moral code here. Right. Is, is, your, is the guy who just whipped you, is he a werewolf or a vampire? I'm sorry. I, are, are you asking to help me? Are you going to help me? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm very much <laughs> interested in helping you. I just want to know who I should stab when I help you. So, <laughs> vampires or am I stabbing werewolves? I'd, the woodsman just seems to be, I, I don't think he's a, a werewolf, certainly not, but, but his love for wolves seems to be odd. He raises them from the time that they're pups, you see. Oh, the woodsman is your boyfriend. The woodsman just beat me. Weren't you listening? I, was, I, I thought they were two different people. Now I'm in the clear. Okay, so <laughs> the woodsman has wolves, but he's not a werewolf. Not that I know of. And he's you starting rumors about yeah. vampires. He's starting rumors to try to discourage me from marrying Dr. Dominiani, but it won't work. I know well, that you're... Let me ask this question. How can we assist you? <laughs> Do you mean it truly? Honestly? I, I truly mean it. I stick I mean my it too. behind my back because <laughs> I have to scratch my back and cross my fingers. So I'm a playboy. She, she, she puts her hands clasped up against her chest. Like the sound of music, and she's swelling with happiness, and she says, "Oh, oh, my knights, my knights in armor! It's true. No I can't singing, it's no happened. singing. <laughs> there is one way that I know I can be freed from ever, from the cruel hand that fate has dealt me. I must retrieve the secret crown of soldiers that was lost by my ancestors. I have consulted with a wandering fortune teller who cast the bones on my behalf. I believe that I now know where it is located." But the place is fraught with danger, and one so fragile as myself could never survive such perils. Would you? Did you mean that when you said it? Yeah, absolutely. Please, if you would please kindly mark it on our map, we will proceed. 
<laughs> Do you have a map? Yes, right here. <laughs> here it is. We have a map of the town we've never visited. Why don't you um, get us a map, young woman? We're keen to go and loot this place that you need help. <laughs> I, so you, you, what I'm, what I'm gathering is you, my dear, who are quite comely. Um, you need help for us to go get this crown thing, right? Yes, yes. That's and what where is that at? Please kindly mark our map. It will take me some time. It will take me some time to get everything ready. I have been studying this for a long time. Just hoping against hope that somehow I could afford money to hire adventurers, and here you are helping me out of the kindness of your hearts. Well, truly, truly, trust me. So how much should hunt you down uh, for the night? I need a week. I need a week. If you meet me in a week at the old Kartakan Inn, it's in Scald. It's 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 just it's just north of here. It's 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 a week's journey. It, it will be no problem. The roads are generally clear if you stay on the roads and keep out of the forest. But if you reach there in a week, I can have everything ready, everything that you could need. And your name is what? My name is Acriel. Of what? Scald? Of Harmonia. Uh, of Harmonia. So we ask around, people know about you. We can verify all this. Therefore. Yes, you can verify it. Do you? All right, then do... it's a deal. In a week, we'll meet you at Scald. Oh. Meanwhile, we can earn some extra coppers at this uh, bar. I hear there's some openings. Well, you'll have to leave. It's a week's journey. You'll have to leave tonight. I'll be there in a week. Oh, okay. Unless oh, you take so a carriage. We should just leave tonight and go to Scald. Well, you can start leaving. I, I, however, I'll meet you there in a week. Oh, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. You You're crazy welcome. bitch, I'm going to take you down. Well, you've been talking. A low fog has been creeping into the alley. <laughs> its damp it touch penetrates even the mightiest armor and sends a shiver through your bodies. Looking <sighs> around, almost nervously, Acriel smiles and said, The mists are growing thick, and I had best be off the streets. I bid you farewell, and look forward to our meeting in Scald. Farewell, that, my lady. She turns and leaves, vanishing into the fog like a ship sailing out of a misty harbor. Wow, she wasn't even walking. She just, like, floated over the ground. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we end an episode of Sci-Fi Writers playing old-school D&D. Next week, the whole party will be gathered together to make their way to Scald. On the road again. Let's have our, our newest cast member... Let's have our Johns, actually. John Elmunk and John Freighter. Will you say... Farewell to the folks at home. So long, folks at home. Perhaps we will see you again sometime. Perhaps not. It's up to the DM. Take care. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D&D was brought to you by Framingham's Used Carts. Shop at Framingham's because... Papa says we have the best used cards in all Barovia. I'm Chris Porteau, author of the Legacy Fleet novel Avenger, the first Swarm War book two, your host and producer of this podcast. Our executive producer is Jason Ansbach, author of Till Death. Kevin G. Summers, author of The Bleak December, designed our epic logo. You can pick it up on hoodies and shirts over in our Green Dragon Loot Shop. The shop's logo was created by the lovely and talented Guinevere Boar, our magic user's spousal unit. Go check out the Loot Shop, our bios, and more at OldSchoolDnd.com. That's O-L-D-S-C-H-O-O-L-D-N, as in Nancy, 
D.com. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.